0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Rock Church of Saudi at the podcast. If you want to see the full service, the link for our YouTube will be in the description below. We hope you enjoy this week's message and have a beautiful day. God, we thank you for this time together, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you speak to us mightily from your word. Let us not deviate from it, Father God, but apply all that you have for us this day. Thank you for the hearers. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... We're in this series. How many of you get pumped up when somebody like Shamaya prays? How many of you are like, you're actually ready to go fight the devil? That was just powerful. Um, we're in this series called Journey, and Journey to me is moving from A to B. That's actually the definition of a journey is moving, moving onward. And last week, um, we also brought up the, the mere fact of camping, and camping is staying where you're at. And I, don't believe, I do believe that these two uh, ideals are complete opposites of one another. I don't believe that they have anything to do with each other whatsoever. And I do believe that the church um, is supposed to be on a journey. I believe that we are supposed to be on a journey... I don't believe we're supposed to be camping, and it just so happened that we we were having a staff meeting on Friday, and I was going over the numbers of participation of congregants in the church over the last six weeks, and it just so happened that on Easter Sunday, there was 232 people here. All the rest of the weeks were uh, averaged about 140, and and I say this not to uh, destroy you, but to help, and I say this because some people, you can't camp one day a year and expect to get the spiritual nourishment that we so desire. And when we camp, and, and I love to see a big crowd, but to me it was somewhat like a camp. You know, you come to this location. In camping, it's like, hey, I'm trying to get enjoyment out of this, and that was the extent of what Easter was. By no means am I discounting. I know all, a lot of you are show up on a weekly basis, but when does it become a journey rather than a camp? And and I just want to encourage us in that big time. So last week we saw. In the, in the life of Jesus that even Joseph didn't want Jesus. Remember, he found out that Mary was pregnant, and even in Jesus' journey, he was not wanted from father at the beginning. And then we saw in the life of Jesus last week that at 12 years old, he was forgotten, he was left, he was not known where he was, his parents didn't know where he was, and they, they stated, he stated that he had to be about his father's business And then we get to the point where Jesus is baptized by John in the river Jordan, and he's tempted by the devil, he's he's led by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus rebukes the devil. And why do I bring all this up about the life of Jesus? Because if we're supposed to model somebody as a Christian, as a believer, I believe it's supposed to be modeling Christ. And so we're going to look at his life, and so I want to bring our attention to A passage of scripture which talks about Jesus being in his own hometown. This is in Matthew 13, 53. The Bible says this, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. He had just told eight parables and now he's here. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Those in his own country were in agreement with wisdom and mighty works that Jesus did, as we can attest to this scripture, but they were not in understanding of where he got it from. Jesus did not go to university. He did not have a degree, nor was he called by men. And so where did this guy get this information from? How does he know this? And check this out. Prejudiced spirits are willing to judge a man by his education rather than for the reason a man does a thing. Prejudiced spirits are willing to judge a man by his education rather than for the reasons a man does a thing. Now, I say that because of this. I say that, number one, because it's scriptural that they are judging Jesus because he lacks education as far as they know. And I say this, too, because I've told people a number of times I have not been to seminary. And for some people, that is a daunting Daunting uh, knowledge of them to know that. It, it, they look at me like, why are you here? Kind of. I get that feeling when I talk to some of you like that. <laughs> <laughs> then the Scripture goes on in verse 55, is this not the carpenter's son? So not only do they go after Jesus, like where did this man get this stuff? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Wow, they are just attacking, 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 attacking. Those who are willing to pick corals will overlook that which is worthy and deserving. There are always going to be people that want to pick corals with you. And just like it was with Jesus, they're going to do it to you. As a follower of Jesus, they are going to try to pick corals with you. How many of you have had that in your life? You've had people come and they quarrel against you because of your belief in Jesus Christ. I believe that many of you have. Because they were just looking at Jesus. He didn't have a noble birth. He didn't have the splendid title. So where did you get this information from? Verse 56, and his sisters. Now he went after Jesus. Now they went after the father, the mother, the brothers. Now it's time to go after the sisters. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Verse 57, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Church, when someone cannot define you, they will be offended. When they can't define you in their own mind, they're going to be offended by you. And I find it amazing that even when we give credit to the Lord for what he has done to us, then the offense kind of heightens. (laughs) You guys believe that? I was watching a show yesterday with my son, Cade, and it was, a, it was a CrossFit. And now, I know you can all tell that I do CrossFit. <laughs> but this was the first person to win the fittest man on earth title four times. Four times. He won it in 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. His name is Rich Froning. Why do I, why do I bring this up? Because as I'm watching this, this guy is just a beast. And most of his events that he does, he doesn't have a shirt on. Well, whether you like tattoos or not, if you're going to tattoo yourself, this might be a great tattoo to get. He has Galatians 6.14 down his side right here, which is for the world to see. Some of you are like, I don't like tattoos. Well, if you're going to tattoo yourself, you might as well throw the word of God on yourself. <laughs> he is proclaiming Galatians 6.14 to the world. You know how many people watch it? I don't know how many people watch it, but I'm sure I'm not. And they're just looking at this guy, Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This is what this gentleman is proclaiming. Do you think he got people pushing back on him? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. They show him this, this deal. They show him praying with his buddies. Wow, if your journey is about Jesus, people will be offended. They're going to be offended because they don't want to give credit to the Lord. They want you to take the credit for yourself. You did this. Good job. You did it. You have the smarts to do it. You have the talent to do it. You, 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 you. Because that's the world we live in, right? But when you start to give credit to the Lord, it's like, oh, we got to back up. You can't give credit to the Lord for your brains. No, no, no. That's what you did. You went to school to get that. I love it because Jesus doesn't push back on their questions. He just says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. So it would seem that Jesus is making the claim that prophets should have honor. But they just don't for those that have known them for a while. Why is it difficult to share your faith with a loved one? Because they know your past. They know where you came from. They know that that's not, I know, Tim, I used to go places with him that are, Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> and so they look at him like, how can you do that? No, no, no. How many of you all went to a reunion in your life, uh, like a, a reunion, like, a, like a, a high school reunion? Had you ever gone to those like 10, 20 plus years? Some of you longer? You go to those reunions expecting to see the same thing that you saw, that you saw of that individual in high school, right? And a lot of times it declares to be the same, right? You look at that person and you're like, dude, you're just bald, but you still do the same thing you did when you were yeah. 16. <laughs> but then we get astonished when that person isn't the same person that they used to be. And they're upright, they've got a family, they're kicking it, they're good, they're taking care of business. And we get kind of This, this, is, this is so good. Familiarity breeds contempt. And how many of us, when we go through life and then we get to that point of coming to Jesus and now we've changed, but yet people, people close to us have the most difficult time grabbing hold of what happened to you. It's the most difficult for them to do it because they knew you when they were wiping your behind. And now you've changed. And now they don't know how to respond. Verse 58, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, we're going to do a little Discovery Bible study, which is a process that we use here at The Rock. We're going to ask ourselves some questions about this specific verse. What does this scripture say about God? Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. What does this scripture say about God? He does mighty works. works. Can we all agree in the house that God does mighty works according to this verse? He does mighty works. What else does the scripture say about God? He won't force himself on people. What else? What else does the scripture say about God? He expects belief in order to work. Cool. What would you say this verse says about man? What does this? Now he did not do many miracles, mighty works there because of their unbelief. What does this scripture say about man? Would we all agree that men tend to doubt according to this verse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. What else does the scripture say about man? We reject him. Free will. What'd you say, Shema? We miss opportunities. You know, I heard this story, and it was a great story, and I hope to God it's not real. But it was like this person dies, goes to heaven, and there's like all these like file drawers. I'm sure you guys are with me on this, right? There's all these like filing drawers. And it's like, oh, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, this file drawer was all the things that you could have asked for, but you lacked faith, so you didn't get them. I really hope that story is not true. But it kind of puts into perspective like, wow, and I heard this thing too that Jesus was amazed at two things, lack of faith and great faith. Like, if we're going to impress Jesus or cause him to react, wouldn't it be great to, like, wow, look at that bald-headed guy down there in Salarita. <laughs> Why does he have the face like he had? I'm just going to pour out blessing. How, how does that girl have that type of faith that they call out to me in the midst of what they're going through? I am just going to enamor them with blessing. They're going to ask, and I'm going to pour wouldn't it be great just to have that kind of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? I think so. Uh, but campers, campers won't move because this is too comfortable. It's too comfortable to stay where you were at. That's what a camper does. They're just looking for the enjoyment factor. They're not looking. They're not looking to go on a journey. So. Those that are on a journey with the Lord, they will not be sidetracked into believing something contrary to the word of God. They will offend people because they are solid in whose they are. They get their calling from the Lord. They get their security from the Lord. And I'm going to move over to another passage. We hung out there for a moment. I'm moving to Matthew 15. I'm going to read verses 1 through 2 to you. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. I think that we have that motto in our house. My little ones, man, they come in from outside. They got some stuff in their hands, underneath their fingernails. Do not touch anything. It is a sin before God if you touch anything in the house before you wash your hands. The scribes and the the Pharisees, these were the great men of the Jewish church. They were men of learning and of business. They believed that eating food with unwashed hands would defile those who ate the food. It was considered a sin against God. So Jesus comes and he answered and said to them in verse 3, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. Ouch. Ouch. First service I asked, this is going to get gnarly. What is a tradition in the church that we still walk in? That if it was removed, it, the church would still go on. Actually, probably it would progress much further than where it currently is. What is a tradition that you guys have either seen or been a part of or know of? Tradition. One time. Yeah? Peter, are you dying to say something? Paying the pastor. Paying the pastor. That's pretty funny. Not, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> that, that, that is a good one, though. I picked you out, man. I, I asked for it, Peter. Passing the plate, Passing the plate? to pay the pastor? <laughs> I do support it in this I like that. Hey, would you all show up next week if we were outside in the parking lot? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe not two weeks. Only if it was in the wintertime and if the temperature was between 70 and 82 degrees, we would be there. We got these traditions, don't we? Jesus, man, he just lays this back there. Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. And making reference to this, a cross reference to this is Mark 7, 2. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. Do you guys all know that people are constantly looking at fault, trying to find fault in the church? They're trying to find it. And verse 4. Of Matthew 15, for God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever say to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from, the, from me is a gift of God. Now, I, I, honestly, church, I had to do a little bit more investigation because I did not understand where he was going with this. I want to read you a commentary on this scripture from Matthew Henry according to this verse. If his parents be in want, and he was wherewithal to help them, has the wherewithal to help them, but has no mind to do it, let him swear by the corbin, that is, by the gold of the temple and the gift upon the altar, that his parents shall not be profited by him, that he will not relieve them. And if they ask anything of him, let him tell them this, and it is enough, as if the obligation of this wicked vow he has discharged himself from the obligation of God's holy law. What's that all to say? This person doesn't want to help anybody. We want to make sure that we wash our hands, but my heart is so far removed. I'm not honoring my father and mother when they need help, but I'm so big on washing my hands in front of you all. But behind the scenes, you all don't know if I'm taking care of my mama or my daddy. We want to do things up in front of people to make us look good in front of people. But behind the scenes, we don't want to do the same thing that we're telling everybody else to do. What? Verse 6, then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of no effect because of your tradition. When the tradition of man contradicts the word of God, as a believer, you go with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Verses 7 through 8, and then Jesus gets down. Hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah? what if we said that in church today? What? You just lose half of your church when you say that. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Let's just look and see. How far does the hypocrite go? He draws near to God. He is, a prof- he is in profession a worshiper of God. He does not stand at a distance, but has a name among the people of God. He shows much love, but there in his heart, no true love. Hypocrites are those who only make lip labor of worship. You know what? When we worship Jesus a few moments ago in song, I believe this is where, but, but in song, when we worship Jesus, if you can't sing from here, do, do, you all, do you all think that that's a problem? If you're a confessing believer, if you're not a confessing believer, I don't expect you to. But yet, as, as this is saying, this is somebody who is professing to be in love with Jesus, and they're doing all the same things that we're doing. So do you believe that there can be hypocrites in the church? Okay. But those, are, those who are on a journey with the Lord, they are pressing. They're going further. It's not okay just to be able to sit, sulk, and sour. It has to be professing. It has to be coming out, but it's from here because you're in love with him. It's not just right here it's not about just saying the right, the right answer all the time. It's not like you get asked ask a question in church. Yes, read the Bible and Jesus. It's not that. It's like, no, I want to give God my, my whole, my being, and I don't want to have hypocrites in the church. Jesus doesn't want to have hypocrites in the church, but they might be around us. They might be among us. Verse 9, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I wanna, <clears throat> this is a revelation of true hypocrisy. They teach the doctrines of men. This, uh, this hypocrisy is when you pay the same respect to tradition as you do to the word of God. Or this, when men's inventions are placed in the church, this is called hypocrisy in human religion. When men's traditions or inventions come into the church, and we have to be aware of this church. We have to be aware that those things will come into play. The Bible says in John 4, 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Church, why do I bring up hypocrites? I bring up hypocrites, number one, because Jesus did. I bring up hypocrites because it's, a, it's good for us to be aware of what that looks like in the church. So you can actually analyze and say, okay, they're not aligning with the Word of God. They're actually following some traditions of men. And maybe they're just not the believer that they say they are. That's okay. That's not, it's not your job, truly. It's kind of my job to a degree that I get paid for. You know, last week, we had testimonies of people that came up and gave testimonies about freedom for life. And they were just talking about and giving credit to the Lord and how good the Lord is. I had a lady come up to me and she goes, I want to take that class. Why is that? Testimonies are so much more encouraging and instrumental in the progression of believers. Why? Because they're not paid. I do have a paycheck from this church. I'm not, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out, Peter. I'm, I don't know if anybody in the room didn't know that. <laughs> My wife obviously does. But I don't know if you all did. The church, there are hypocrites. And I bring this up to just because it, it's a good time when you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I camping or am I on a journey with the Lord and I'm following him and where he's leading me? by no means, am I going to call you a hypocrite? I'm not going to do that. But just let the Holy Spirit reveal to you if I am or not, if you are or not. And then proceed and just jump on the bandwagon with the Lord and say, you know what? I'm done roasting marshmallows around the campfire. I need to get away from here and start on this journey where I see my brothers and sisters going. Be encouraged by that. Be encouraged. That's not a, that's not a slap. That's just like, hey, let's be encouraged in that. Would you stand with me, please? God, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for your word that it instructs us, God. We thank you, God, that you're asking us to go on this journey with you, to follow the ways of Jesus. And yes, we do understand that, yes, people will be offended by our lifestyle. They'll be offended by us giving credit to you and what you're doing. God, I pray for this house, Lord God, that we don't give lip service to you only, but that we praise you from our heart, God. And if there's any ounce of hypocrisy in us, God, that we, we, we remove that, God. Reveal that to us, God. If there's hypocrisy in us, God, you've shown me a number, number of times in my own life where I'm not lining up with your word. God, just show us. Just show us, God, that we may not be that hypocrite that you called out in the Pharisees and scribes, but yet that we're following after you, Lord, and this journey is beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. if you're here.